brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good fucking Christ. Uh, take two. Hello, I'm Cass. This is Honey Do Me. I'm Emma. This is still Honey Do Me. Welcome. We talk about sex. We talk about banging. We talk about relationships. Peepees. We talk about peepees and hoo-hoos and <laughs> wah-wahs. <laughs> and little nipples. And only the little ones. My husband has such tiny nipples. Really? Yes. I don't know if it's... um. I don't know if it's common. I guess I don't stare at a lot of people's nipples, but they are shockingly small for his chest. Shockingly small for his chest. I've never taken a gander. Controversial. I'll send you a picture. Thank you. <laughs> Squid's eye in my phone. Yeah. Controversial opinion. I prefer bigger nipples on men. Yeah? Yeah, like the men I'm hooking up with. Huh. I don't know. I want something to like, Fine. If it's not a Roni, I'm not interested. <laughs> not a Roni, it's not on my pony. If you're not getting salam all up on me, you can get on up out of here. I want baloney barb in the bedroom, and that's the truth. It's the damn truth. I don't know. I just I think it's fun to like play around with nipples. So like I, mini tortilla size. <laughs> no, but I like don't corn. mind an areola. Okay, I I like it. Do you think you have big areolas or small areolas? Have I you ever me- measured? Uh, not really. <clears throat> Sometimes me and my sister will stick They're our They're like hands. this big. I have lint on my hand. They're uh, so you do a, know. a little you, bit bigger than a quarter, I guess. You jumped straight to that measurement. Like you I'm ju- have I, it banked. I couldn't like, I can't tell you for sure. Yeah, sometimes I just stick my fingers down my shirt and then I just mm. measure and pull it out. I don't remember, it's been a while. No. Okay. I think around here. Okay. Right around. Um, let's rewind that. <laughs> Hooking up with people. That's what we're talking That's about That's what today. we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Have you ever casually hooked up with someone? I have Before not. or after marriage? <laughs> I, I have not. Um, <laughs> it is something that terrifies me deep into my hyoni. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my hyoni bows. It is truly uh, something I wanted to do, thought I would do, never did. Um, I don't know that I will now, maybe if my husband and I ever open up our relationship. Uh-huh. It, but truly, I think the biggest negative to opening up our relationship would be that I would have, to, have hook to hook up with people. Up with people. Yeah. I think I would like it. Maybe this is no longer considered a hookup, but maybe after like the seventh time of being with the same person. Then I start to feel comfortable. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I am complicated. Yeah. And not all people with vaginas are complicated. Me, I'm Do complicated. Do you mean pleasure-wise or emotionally? Everything. <laughs> I mean everything. <laughs> I, 
I mean, all Dealer's of it. Dealer's choice. <laughs> you pick a card and it's true. It's complicated. You got it. <laughs> uh, what about you? Are you a hooker upper? Uh, not intentionally. Ah, <laughs> I've been hooked up with. Not good. <laughs> I was under preconceived notions that okay. we were going farther than that. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, there's been like a few anal? people. Yeah, like I thought he was going to do a wraparound, <laughs> you know? A wraparound. <laughs> but no wraparounds. Okay. Happened. Um, I feel like there's been a handful of people that I'm like, this is okay. We can just do this mm-hmm. and back it out, you know? Um, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> if you don't back it up like a truck when you're done, mm-hmm. you're it's not, not a hookup. It right. It's absolutely, it's absolutely not, a hookup. not a hookup. Does it have to be any type of sex or can like just making out with someone be a hookup? People always get really like touchy about what constitutes a hookup. Well, those people can get fucked. I yeah. think... <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> everybody's entitled to their own opinion is what opinions. I think. I had to wet my whistle. Excuse me. Um, I would consider a makeout a hookup. Yeah. I am quite sensitive, though. So, honestly, I think somebody could peck me on the nose, and I might be like, we hooked up last night. We went to third. <laughs> I took third base home with me. I'm sure we've talked about bases, but what do you consider the bases again? I consider first... Kissing. Mm-hmm. Second is all hands and fingies. Okay. Third is even all. butt. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's going a up the butt. Thumb in the butt. Yep. Thumb in the Second butt. Base. That's that's an appendage and it's going somewhere. Okay. Um, a, well, like a digit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a digit, an appendage. That's third. <laughs> that's third. No, third would be all types of oral. Okay. And then I would consider. It's kind of hard because home, for me would be penetrative, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily constitute other people's home base. So yeah. maybe home base is oral for other people. But to me, my Emma's base's home is penetrative sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very. What about you? Interesting. For me, first base would be kissing. For yeah. me, second base, I've always heard of it as chesticles. As that was a word I just used, but breasts. That was <laughs> my word, TM. Um, <clears throat> boobies. So just touching your breasts? So second base only? Theirs. Yeah. Okay, that's true. But I'm saying, are you in reference to yourself? Yeah. Okay. So I always this is, heard of that as second base. <laughs> okay. Third base, hand stuff. Um, and then I never, I never got to fourth. <laughs> I, I still haven't got to fourth because that's a sin. <laughs> that is it's truly a, a sin. sin. I need to be five years into marriage. <laughs> and ready to have children, honestly. Yeah. Um, got it. Yeah. I think everyone's bases are a little different depending mm-hmm. upon what, uh, what's your whistle. For me... Oral is on a higher level than penetration. Mm. I don't know why. I've just always considered it a lot more intimate. Um, I've had oral sex with a lot more people than I've just had penetration sex That just means you're a whore. (laughs) (laughs) That means you're a filthy, filthy slut, which is one of my New Year's resolutions. Yeah, so. To be a bigger slut. Amazing. I'm so proud of you. One month in and you are balls deep in that resolution. Yeah. In that resi. Titties deep in that resi. Yeah. No, I'm excited to learn more. Oh, I thought there was something on the wall. I'm excited to learn more about hooking up Mm -hmm. because I would like to engage in hookups, like whether that's Mm -hmm. one time or a handful of times. Thousands. Mm -hmm. I mean, like with the same person. I'm going to ask you your ideal situation because we like to set intentions around here. And Mm. you've been somebody who's set some dating intentions and then not followed through. You wanted to be a whore and then you didn't. And I found a relationship. And so this year we're trying really hard for the whore. For the whore. We're going for the whore. Whoring for it, yeah. (laughs) Um, 
how many people do you could you see yourself hooking up with at the same time? Not in the not in one occasion, but like <laughs> not in one at, in venue, <laughs> one uh, chapter of your life. Um, so there was a time in college that I'm proud of where I mm-hmm. dated four people at once, oh. and I enjoyed that chapter of my life. Yeah, I would say if I'm in a chapter of having fun and mm-hmm. like whatever, like three, three or four, okay. I think I could juggle that many. Mm-hmm. Let's see. <laughs> Give me one second. Give me my oranges. <laughs> How many digits? Yeah, I think I could see myself doing like three or four mm-hmm. spread out. You know, mm-hmm. we have dinner ones. We have dessert ones. My grandma told me that when she was dating before she met my grandpa, mm-hmm. she used to just like hop around. She'd start early so that she ended with dinner, but yeah. that she would get all of her dates in. Let's go, grandma. One day so that she could get a Coke and then lunch and then, you know, like a snack and then dinner. <laughs> She starts her day with Coke. No, but she would just like time them so mm-hmm. that she just had a meal all day. That's the way to do it. And I want that for you. And My I other grandma used to go to the docks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. We do have docks here, but yeah. I probably won't go to the docks. Don't go to the docks. Or the ducks. Well, I mean, if you want somebody who feeds ducks, that's a kind human. <laughs> They're nice. I want ducks. I've decided mm-hmm. that one of my goals is runner ducks. They're quite hardy. They're the ones that stand up really tall. That's a swan. No. Or a goose. <laughs> uh, they're just, they're ducks that they stand on their two feet and they are like long. All ducks have two feet. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> it's about me right You'll now. You'll just have to show me a picture. Okay, I'm getting runner ducks. Okay. Eventually. And they're quite hardy. They can last in the winter and the summer. Um, hardy and ducks. I like that about them. They eat slugs and bugs Ew. and weeds. Slugs yeah, because I don't want those bugs. things. Yeah, that's true. In my aura. Um, yeah. So yeah, just that was a little update on there. I always wanted a, a, one of the white ducks, and I was going to mm. name it Pancake. Oh. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have a duck named Pancake. <laughs> it's like a little flapjack, you know? Yeah. Like a little padding. Anyways, yeah, we're talking about hookups today, but we are not the ones that are going to be advising you. Uh, Maisha Battle is mm-hmm. because she recently wrote a book called "This Is Supposed to Be Fun: How to Excellent Find Joy." Book. <laughs> yes, clear that phlegm. How so to find joy in hooking up, settling down, and everything in between. If you're on our YouTube, I'm showing the cover Most adorable right now. Cover as it well. It is such a cute cover. Like you want this on your bookshelf. Mm-hmm. It is also an amazing book. It's an amazing, and book. you want it on your bookshelf. And those are the two things I look for in a book. I also love that there's like. Um, kind of journal entry questions throughout mm-hmm. each of the chapters because each chapter focuses on like a different part of your journey. Absolutely. And she gives you things to think about or write about. And I love that because I love a task. Mm-hmm. We love it. <laughs> we love a little homework. Yeah. Um, so here's Maisha uh, here with the expert advice. Yeah. And we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Maisha Battle. I am a certified sex and dating coach based in San Francisco. We're so happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We have been reading your new book. This is supposed to be fun. And we love it. And so we are super excited to dive into hooking up today was what we were hoping to focus on. So reading your book, we had a bunch of questions come up, obviously. The first one that I wanted to talk about was you talked about this idea of like 
asking yourself what kind of relationship you want to have with sex. And I thought that was so interesting because I've never really thought about that at all, even hosting a sex podcast and thinking I have all of these sex conversations. I've never thought of it in that way. So can you kind of explain what that means and then how to incorporate that? Sure. I mean, I think it just first is a question that acknowledges that sex functions differently for every single person. Some people use sex as a stress reliever. Some people can't even think about sex in a stressful situation. Some people use it as a way to move partnership forward. Some people believe that it's a deterrent to partnership. Um, You know, people have different relationships to self-pleasure. So, yeah, it was really something that I saw in my client work that um, helped my clients drill down a little deeper into what it is they were actually wanting from their sexual experiences with themselves and with others. And it's not a question that we do tend to ask ourselves because we have a lot of external influences on what sex should be to us Mm -hmm. that might not feel like they're applicable, but leave us in this space of just feeling either shameful or, you know, like, oh, I don't really want sex to be that way for me, but I don't know what else it can be. So it, it, it helps people to give like a little bit of space to dream and then to just focus in on ideally, what do you want? And that's a big focus of the book, as I'm sure you both know. Right. Mm-hmm. And then besides asking yourself, like, what does sex mean to me or how do I view sex? What are other questions that really get us thinking about our relationship with sex that kind of probe at the deeper way that we really view our own sex and sexuality? Yeah, early on in the book, I have a sexual values exploration, which I have found really, really helpful for my clients and myself, honestly. Um, So sexual values are kind of words or qualities to sex that resonate for us that when they're present, during our sexual experiences, they make sex really, really good. Are they requirements for all the sex you have? Maybe not, but they're basically these kind of consistent themes that we can start to orient ourselves around. Um, You know, one is kink. So for kinky people, knowing that kinky sex is something that they value, and when it's present, it makes sex good for them. I think that's a really good way of framing that instead of being like, I'm kinky, I'm other, I have to find like the other freaks, quote unquote, um, that I can have sex with. It's like, no, it's like, it's a, it's a really important value that you hold and you get to be in dialogue with other people to see if they also value a similar thing. Um, but you know, I have things in the values list like, you know, um, attraction, you know, some people really like need that physical attraction Some people are more cerebral, and that's not as important to them. So those are the kinds of questions that um, I think are good to ask as well. What are my sexual values? And maybe even how have they played out in past relationships? Have I always acted in accordance with my values? Or are there past relationships that didn't align with my values? And that can be really eliminating as well, because sometimes we think people are not right for us, or we have breakups that are really painful. And then when we reflect further on it, it's like, well, like we weren't aligned on a lot of things really. Mm -hmm. And sex might be just one of those things. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. 
Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I love the intentionality. I love it when we can like take something that we don't usually look at and just kind of burn it to the ground and be like, what do I want here instead? Because, you know, when I've thought about sex going into relationships, I'm like, it's just sex. You know what I mean? Not in yeah. a like dismissive way, but in a way that's like, what else would it you be? Have, you sex. have sex. You yeah, have sex. You just do have sex. But I've never thought about like, well, why do I want to have sex? And what mm. do I want it to mean in the context of this relationship? And what do I want it to do? Is it like really just to have fun and I just want to feel that pleasure or do I want it to take my relationship somewhere deeper and I think that can also then dictate what we want to happen during mm -hmm. a sexual encounter oh mm -hmm. I when, love it when I was going through your checklist I had like 14 and your instructions were to narrow it down <laughs> to like seven but I love that your outline of it was saying like these are now the words you can use to help better your sexual communication with new partners because every time I've thought about having like a sexual communication with a partner about mm -hmm. like what we like, it's been just like, I'm comfortable with this topic. Aren't you? Like, I'm going to mm -hmm. be super cool about this. I have a sex podcast. <laughs> and then, but it's actually like, no, I'm interested in X, Y, Z in my sex life. This is what I'm looking for. This is what brings value to these encounters. Um, so just kind of like put more dynamic to those conversations that we could start having. I loved. It's really, really helpful for sexual communication. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big proponent of sexual communication. I don't think we talk enough about sex. Yeah. And, you know, even in a world where there are now a ton of sex podcasts, there's a lot of people listening, but not a lot of people talking, mm -hmm. you know, in their in their bedrooms or wherever the sex is that they happen to be having, because it's hard. And because we're not taught how to do it. And because a lot of us just don't have the words. So the sexual values piece, to your point, Emma, was, you know, to help people get those words, to feel mm -hmm. empowered. Like, I can have this conversation. I can say the tough thing. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully that will, like, level the playing field between those of us who have more of a facility talking about sex and those people who really just don't, you know, for yeah. whatever reason. They don't host sex podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even me, it's still hard to say. I love compassionate sex. That's still hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's still yeah. a struggle. So. That's absolutely correct. It's nice to have the words. So I'm recently single. It's fun. It's an adventure. And I've been realizing for myself that I don't have any interest in virtual people. I just, my attractions do not come from seeing profiles online. So just app dating isn't my thing. It's never really going to be my thing, I don't think. So is there a way to initiate hookups and initiate meeting people, I know the old-fashioned way, but are there easier ways to meet people and casually date that are outside of apps? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a big proponent of community also. And so I think one of the biggest disservices that the pandemic gave us, besides being a global atrocity, uh, was that it disconnected us even farther than we already were. Mm-hmm. And I think I think some people are finding their way back to community in person, but I've had a lot of conversations recently with my clients about like, what's your community like? And like, does the community that you have support where you are in your dating life? So many single people have friends that are booed up and, you know, they're not thinking about you. Like, sorry, they love you, but like, they're all doing their couple thing. And not a lot of people have really great and generous friends that are going to be like thinking about who to set you up with. It's great when we have those people, but, um, a lot of the work has to come from you and, and like finding your people in real life scenarios. So, you know, the trick is where do you do that? I work with clients who are sober. So like bars and out of the picture, you know, that's not a good fit for them. Um, but you know, even my clients who do drink, I think it's like, are you really going to find people that you connect with or, you know, are going to deliver, even if you're going out just for sex, are they, is it going to be good sex? Is it going to be worth it sex? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think finding community, I've recommended to people like search, you know, meetups Um, out here. There's an app called bloom, um, which has events and communities uh, that organize and orient around like more sexual experiences or, you know, I think it's more, it's, it's kind of geared towards like a conscious community. So there's a lot of different, you know, ways for you to meet different people that would be more in alignment with like, okay, people are maybe going to be on my level. Maybe there's not going to be a big emphasis on just like getting shit based for the night. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> people, people might be able to like talk to me and like hold a conversation. Um, and events that are geared towards like sexual exploration, like burlesque shows or, you know, people who are sex positive, who want to orient themselves around sex positive experiences. Um, So meetup, bloom, Eventbrite, searching for events, finding something that you can go to on a regular basis that taps you into into a community. um, That's always really helpful. And then obviously like the, 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 virtual to IRL pathway that is like Facebook groups and like Instagram, you know, events that have their own pages that can be really helpful too. And thinking about what, what thrills you, you know, like Mm -hmm. what activities do you want to participate in regardless of whether or not you meet someone there. Right. Um, So yeah, there's just a ton of examples I can give. I mean, I've definitely referred clients to like, women of color creative communities and it's like that's just to give you a community and then potentially people meet make friends have parties host dinners bring friends you know and there will be this kind of natural outcropping of potential people you can date Mm -hmm. the other thing I like don't love about bar dating and this has just been the case since time memorial but you don't know who's single you don't know who's out with their friends and who's available or not. So it requires a little bit more digging and a lot more like fortitude to like, just kind of get rejected in the moment and then bounce back immediately and try again. Mm -hmm. Some people just don't have that. (laughs) I certainly didn't, (laughs) Um, but my extroverted clients kind of love that. Mm -hmm. So if that feels like you too, then like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. That would take some 
damn courage. And when you were talking about find interest, you gave such a beautiful one. And in my head, I was like, archery. <laughs> I was going to shoot some arrows. Find yourself an archer. <laughs> I would. Wouldn't that be beautiful? I want an update on that. <laughs> I sure will. I'll get into it. Yeah. Keep everyone in the loop. In the loop. Mm-hmm. I would love to know your thoughts on chemistry. So, like sexual chemistry, all of that, because I think, you know, when you first meet someone, we're told that you should have chemistry and you should have these certain types of feelings. And at the same time, me, as the type of person that I am, I'm holding all of those things that we were talking about earlier, like the sexual values. If I'm trying to meet someone, I'm thinking about all of those things at the same time, but also trying to go for chemistry and also being like, okay, got to remember my values. Like, how do you balance all of that? And what should you be keeping in your mind when you are walking to somebody, like walking up to somebody at a party or a bar or at an event? Yeah. I mean, thinking about sexual values, one of the things that I think is really handy is you can kind of slide some of them into your profile so that you're attracting people that do resonate with, yeah, compassion and like open-mindedness and authenticity. And like, that's a really good way to sort of have people find you who are interested in those types of things, generally speaking. And once you've kind of used that as your net, I mean, it's harder to suss those things out in person if you're just kind of out for the night. But I do think it's, it's, it's okay to pepper conversation with words like that to see, you know, what they think. Cause you might say something like, Oh my gosh, like I've been doing a lot of reading about authenticity and like, don't you think going out to bars, it's like, you kind of have to play these games, blah, blah, blah. And a person who's interested in that type of thinking might be like, yes, totally. Like I get that. It's so hard, but I'm so excited to be able to like be out and like be my authentic self. And you might meet, you know, someone who's going to give you a deep eye roll when you say something like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can start to gauge how someone would align with your values just in those kinds of casual ways um, through conversation, through peppering your your profile with these words to see who latches on to what. Um, and then, you know, this idea of chemistry, I, I'm such a feeler, you know, like I have this background in like being a musician and like I just feel and this has kind of been this theme today I've had a couple conversations about like doing events and stuff like I'm very uh present Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and I'm take I'm like taking everything in maybe almost too much I've worked on that but like how a person looks to you of course is key how they smell what they're saying you know how engaging they are and how your body is like naturally responding to what they're putting out in the world, I think is so valuable. Um, And, you know, our bodies do lead us astray sometimes, but that's still information. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, why was I attracted to that guy or girl? Mm -hmm. You know, why did I go down that road? And it's like, well, then that's a moment for you to do some interrogation and, and learn about yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes people are just a joy to our senses and, Mm -hmm. That's what I think of as more chemistry. You know, the conversation flows. They're not looking at you like you're a weirdo, you know, like Mm -hmm. you feel seen, you feel heard, you feel like you see them and you hear them. That to me is chemistry. It's, it's sometimes it's an internal like fluttering of the stomach kind of thing. I think sometimes that comes later though, you know, in, in the like anticipation of seeing somebody who you already know you have some interest in. Mm -hmm. 
that was my next question of whether like, what if they're kind of hitting all of your values, but you're not necessarily feeling a spark or if you're feeling that sort of chemistry spark, but you don't think they're necessarily hitting all of your values, can either of those things come later? Is that like, if they're not hitting your values, should you avoid at all costs or how do you navigate that? Yeah. I mean, it's so much pressure to put on yourself to figure it out on the first date, you know, because there's so much happening and most of us are stressed. Most of us are anxious. We're not really our best selves. We're thinking about how much we're sweating. We're thinking about Mm -hmm. our breath. We're Mm -hmm. thinking about what we're going to order. So we don't like spill all over ourselves. Like there's just a lot. Um, and when there's a lull in the conversation, it just kind of like, like heightens all of that. And you might have second guess is this person like getting me. So, um, I encourage people to like go through all of that, take it all in, be as present as you can, and then do the processing after, mm-hmm. you know, and in the end, in the processing, if you're like, that was fun, I want to do it again. I want to see this person. Um, that's a really good sign. And if it's like, uh, I don't know, there's just something that was off or I didn't feel like I was connecting to them or in hindsight, I was asking them all the questions and they didn't ask me any, you know, mm-hmm. hindsight is really good. And, you know, keeping a dating journal can be really helpful for just sort of like jotting down things after each date. Cause like our, our nervous systems are really hijacked in those high stress situations and we're not able to take everything all in at once. Mm-hmm. And to your point of like, are there people who like spark something in us who maybe don't align with our values? Absolutely. The values are like about you. They're helpful for like communicating what you want, but you at any point in time can say, I know I am acting against all of my values. Yeah. <laughs> like, At least you know that you're doing it and it's intentional as opposed to a lot of us who just go out and like, do something that we're not fully proud of and then go afterwards like, Ugh, yeah. oh, I'm not, I don't feel great about that. But at least you can be like, no, this person's like kind of not authentic. And I, I'm getting that from them, but they're just so hot and they seem into me and mm-hmm. I want this, you know? It's fine. That was my next question. I was like, because I've definitely been in situations where I'm like, you and I, we're not going to go far. <laughs> But damn, are you hot. But I would like to go somewhere. Yeah. I would like you to go somewhere in me. And yes. I just, I also grapple though with a lot of like guilt when you're doing something like that. That's just selfish for like sexual pleasure. So how should we regard those instances? Like, are we free to feel that where we're, we don't want anything. You really don't align with me, but God, I want to do you. Like, how do we yeah. work with that? Well, I think it's telling that you said that having sex just for your own pleasure is selfish or potentially selfish because two people are involved at least, right? you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's something the other person is getting from the experience, hopefully too, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not just talking about orgasm. You don't know what people are bringing to the table. So this person could be nursing a heartbreak. It just feels really good to have companionship. You could be this beautiful jewel that they get to look at all night, which is great. They might be really good in bed and love to share that with people, you know? So there's, there's so much that I think we judge ourselves for, Mm -hmm. for like wanting something that seems on the surface to be frivolous when we know that sexual connection is so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Even people that we have one night stands with, like what stories do you tell people? 
you know, when, <laughs> like, at the end of the day, you tell people the stories about the weird one night stands that you had and how it happened. And you may, might not even remember those people's names, but that story is valuable. It like mm-hmm. says something about an experience that you had in life. And I think that that's important. Um, and that person may be telling a similar story. Their version might be very different from yours. Who knows? But hopefully it's as pleasant and enjoyable as your version of it is. Right. That sounds like a good time to get into that question of what do I want my relationship Mm. with Mm -hmm. sex to be or this sexual interaction Uh to be and maybe kind of trying to figure out or asking directly what they want as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When in doubt, ask. Yeah. Because I feel like that takes a lot of the pressure off of hookups and dating. You know, you can let your intentions shift from moment to moment and person to person and like maybe this person is really fun for the next 10 hours and maybe they're not hours (laughs) well like you go to dinner you have sex you sleep over (laughs) you know you met sex i was like wow oh good god that's 10 minutes (laughs) are you kidding me it's been out of the game for a while. It's 10 minutes. Uh, I don't have the stamina for it. the stamina. But I, I appreciate just validating the different points that you could be at and that hooking up doesn't have to be in order to get to like a long-term relationship or a long-term partner. It can just be a moment and then you move on, which is what a hookup is, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's the beginning of a beautiful relationship. You never know. We want to now make hookups, I know we've touched on it, but making them as enjoyable as possible. So humans are awkward sometimes. These two are mm-hmm. right here. Indefinitely. And, yeah. <laughs> and so if you know that you're somewhat of an awkward social person, but that you're comfortable where you're at and you want to keep going, how do you help like mitigate the awkwardness inside yourself to like enjoy this mm. encounter? Yes. In the book, I talk about how it's really important for, and it can be really helpful to have a kind of dating mantra to help yourself get centered before dates. Um, because, yes, it's awkward for everyone. We all deal with our awkwardness differently. So, you know, some, pe- some people just, you can see it on them the anxiety and you know so sometimes having something that's very grounding can help to ease the nerves and I offer things like I'm here for fun I'm here for connection I'm here to have a good time you know Um, whatever it is that's really motivating you to engage in this wild world of dating um, that can be really helpful as a reminder to yourself in those moments of panic or where you drop your silverware on the floor at the restaurant and everybody turns and looks at you, you know, those things do happen. And then you're like, and I'm here for fun and I'm going to laugh at myself. Right. It's just, it's fine. Nothing is fucked here. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, but it, it's good to, to have a practice of almost like self coaching throughout the process of dating, because there's so many things that can, you know, come up that we we almost need to like learn how to self-soothe through so that we can get to the fun bits mm-hmm. you know especially with first dates it's just it's a wonder that anybody ever like has a second date sometimes <laughs> it truly um, is. yeah yeah I mean we could swap stories I'm mm-hmm. sure <laughs> <laughs> I love a mantra um, so much better than just saying like you're okay 
mm-hmm. you know, on the inside of your head because that's like telling those feelings that come up. Like, no, you're okay, you're okay. It's like you're gaslighting your own feelings. Mm-hmm. But if you're just saying like, yeah, yeah, I know that was awkward, but you're here to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's validating while still moving past. And mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I think it's yes. super it's easy. Also, oh, sorry. You go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, it's also really helpful to just acknowledge that. Like, you know, I have clients who really do struggle with anxiety. And so first dates are a nightmare in so many ways for them. And you're very right that like, negating those feelings actually can make it much worse. Mm -hmm. So I really encourage them to take a moment, take a beat and just be like, Oh, you know, even out loud, I'm really anxious right now. Like, Oh, you know, first date, so nerve wracking. Right. You know, and sometimes that gives space for this person who's sitting across from you who might seem calm as a cucumber to you to say, yeah, I'm like losing my mind. (laughs) Like I'm so nervous. Right. Because you don't you might not even necessarily pick up on certain things. Um, And it's a it could be a point of connection as opposed to something that keeps you really separate from the person and like dealing with your own stuff in your head and like getting more worked up. So, yes, I'm a big fan of like just name it and move on because it can really help to get you to the other side, which is probably something that's a little bit more enjoyable Mm -hmm. than a panic spiral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's just really easy to forget why you're even doing things. And that's why I love the title of your book because it's like, this is supposed to be fun. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm doing it. And I think I forget that in most aspects of my life. It's like, oh, this is, um, this is supposed to make me happy. Like I'm supposed to enjoy this. And if I'm not, then maybe we should reevaluate. I should change my perspective. Like all of those kind of things. Like it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be fun. Mm -hmm. It is a good reminder. That in itself is a mantra. This is supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. Supposed to be having fun. Yeah, agree. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start in the hookup with someone, are there things that we should be doing before we're actually naked? Like what is too soon to be talking about your sexual interests and your values? Because I also don't want to feel slimy on a date and being like, oh, this is really good coffee. So what are you into sexually? So will you stick a finger up my ass? <laughs> like, I like things up my butt, you know? Mm-hmm. Because also that is coming on, I think, a little too strong sometimes. A little thick. A little thick. So <laughs> how do you... <laughs> exactly. Depends. You vet it out. But how do you bring up things that will make a hookup enjoyable without it being too early? Yes. Uh, we have a little visitor. Her name is Charlie. So oh my gosh, Charlie. Charlie. Hello. Perfect. You're beautiful. Excited to join. Um, yeah, the things that I think, well, first of all, I think that you can bring up sex whenever you want to personally. Um, and, and it can start as early as when you match with someone in an app. You start shop- talking, flirting. And one thing can lead to another and you can start talking about those preferences of, you know, oh, I really like it, you know, when dot, dot, dot. Um, And gauge what their response is. If they're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you would be into that, you know, (laughs) great, Um, proceed. And you can have a follow-up conversation if you meet in person and the chemistry is feeling good and you feel like you do want to move that into sexual territory great. Then you can pick up and say, remember that thing that I talked about. Let's do it. Um, But yeah, I mean, if if I had my way, people would be having coffee and talking about, you know, thumbs up butts. Like, (laughs) I think it would be great. 
you know, thumb versus finger or both. Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of conversations would be really helpful um, to find out if people are a good match and to, you know, gauge whether or not the time that you're wanting to spend together is going to be good. Cat mm-hmm. here. we have this fur rug it feels like cat hair like long cat hair and it gets everywhere Everywhere. yep it's all over our mics we get animated and then we just like throw fluffs around yeah (laughs) so we're right there with you (laughs) well I finally I I finally got it um but yeah I I definitely am someone who believes like we we should be talking more about sex we should be normalizing that conversation Um, as it pertains to things that we like, things that we don't like, I think that we have this culture of silence around sex and a perspective that, you know, it's not supposed to be talked about. Like if it's just good, it's good. And if it's bad, it's bad. Mm -hmm. But like, God forbid anybody talk about whether it's really good or really bad. So I think one of the ways that we can transform the dating landscape is to use our words and to talk more about the things that interest us, even if we haven't tried them yet. I think that's really fun too, to be able to express to someone like, I don't have that much experience in this area. Do you? Great. Like, can you show me? Can we, you know, explore that together? Um, And that would be really, really helpful for allowing people to expand their sexual repertoire Mm -hmm. as it were. Um, But yeah, talking early and often about, likes and dislikes is really like culture shifting stuff. And mm-hmm. I encourage it. Right. Another culture shifting thing for me, cast mm-hmm. culture is speaking up about what I want in the moment. And that's really hard for me to do in the context of a long-term relationship, let alone like the first time I'm hooking up with someone. Do you have any tips for Finding that courage and also maybe ways to say it that don't feel so scary or, I don't know, like now with my husband, I'll just say it kind of mean if I want to. Um, Like I'm not really worried about it. I don't really care how it comes off because he knows my intention. But it's like a new person might not know my intention and Mm -hmm. it might come off. I don't know. What are your tips on that? Yeah. With new people, it's almost like how else are they going to know, right, if Mm -hmm. you don't say anything because it's like two completely new bodies, So in a way, you're doing them a favor by helping them to give you pleasure. That's a really good perspective shift to Mm -hmm. be like, oh, I'm not being a bother. I'm helping them to please me. And in the end, we should both be here for that mutual pleasure. And if there's something that they would like from me, I would like them to voice that. I mean, the the caveat being that there may be things that the, per- the person doesn't want to do and there may be things that you don't want to do, but having that dialogue is really important. And, you know, again, I think it's, it's really a gift you give to people to get to know you on that level. Like, this is what I like and this is how I like it done. You know, this is my body. This is my terrain. And I know it well enough to tell you that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I would love, love, love for someone to start out by saying, I'm going to do you a favor. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a little slower. right there. Yeah. <laughs> little lower, a little slower. <laughs> Proceed. I'm gonna do you a favor. I'm gonna give you a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's true, you know. How many times are we left guessing like did that is that really good? Yeah. Like do they like the it seem like they liked mm-hmm. it? I don't 
Yeah. You know, seemed like we both had fun. You know? Absolutely. So then on the yeah. other side of that, should we be asking for feedback? Oh God, that sounds awful. Like I hate getting feedback from work. So I can only <laughs> imagine if I'm naked and I just did some stuff and now I'm saying, how was it? So, but is that helpful? Like, should we be asking for feedback? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think feedback is great. And the feedback <laughs> might be like, that was amazing. You know, that's the thing about, you know, reviews is that you, you're always expecting the bad one. And then, you know, surprise, surprise, you're a great employee. And we can't, we can't even think about what life would be without you. Right. And so sometimes it's just like realizing that if there's no glaring problem that you're probably doing fine. But I think like normalizing the feedback process can be really helpful. So sometimes I've heard sexologists use the like peak in the pit after sex of like, you know, one thing you really liked and something that, you know, maybe you didn't or could stand to be improved. Um, and sometimes there's no pit, right? It's just like, I had a great time. That was super hot. I really loved X, Y, and Z that you did. Or, you know, I loved what I did to you. It seemed like you were having a good time. And it would be great feedback if the person who, you know, was on the receiving end of that is like, I liked that too. It's a real bummer if they're like, I love that you liked doing that. And it seemed like I was having a good time, Mm -hmm. but I was faking it. Right. So (laughs) I would crawl in a hole. (laughs) I simply would turn into Mm -hmm. a puddle. (laughs) Maybe have like an anonymous exit survey. And maybe you yeah. can read them in bulk and it won't feel <laughs> as scary. Sure. Surely. I, I could put it in my roommate's room and then yeah. she can vet the bad ones and tell me nicely. You just have a box. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a question box. Yeah. A suggestion box. Yes. A suggestion box. Mm. And a compliment box. And a compliment. <laughs> the good go. stuff goes here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. Um, <laughs> sounds terrifying, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Um, what are some ways that we could really take advantage of hookups? So are there things like we've heard from other people that like hookups actually could be the least like pressure of a situation because you might never see them again. So ask if they're interested in this or ask if they would be down to try this and really like let loose on your own wild adventure because you might never see them again. So fuck it. So are there other things that we could really be taking advantage of during hookups that would help us to grow? Yes. I think that something that is really telling is that a lot of my clients that are experiencing sexual difficulties um, with partners sometimes kind of revisit mentally hookups they had in the past. And that can give us really good information about what it is that they like and what kinds of qualities are missing in their current relationship. And I know that sounds maybe a little callous, but um, even working with couples, sometimes that information can be really, really helpful in moving the couple forward because there's just this like gap or disconnect in experience and somebody else for whatever reason, maybe because the sex was so carefree, um, maybe that is something that's missing in the current relationship and that, you know, experience or feeling of freedom just isn't there. And we can talk about like how to create that more throughout the relationship so that, so that sex doesn't feel so pressure filled. So, um, I refer in the book to, you know, fuck buddies, sex buddies as the gift, because I've seen this time and time again, where like my clients will be dating 
And they're just like, oh, like time and time again, I'm having like the worst sex. And then I'll meet this one person who is just like not a good candidate for a relationship regard. Like just, they're just not, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but the sex is amazing. And then my clients are like learning so much. They're like, oh my gosh, we did this. We did that. We tried this. And now I know that I want to explore this more. Right. Which I think is, again, it's a gift. Um, and so, yeah, that, that I've seen play out, you know, in real time with clients who are single and also as a person in a relationship looks back and goes, you know, that was the best sex of my life. And I'm not quite sure why, but there's something about that, that I want to recreate, or I want to understand about myself that could be really, really helpful. So I think that's, that's one way that I think, um, hookups can be really informative. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. What do you think? Are there any lingering like one night stands that you think, man, that was some great sex and I could stand to recreate that in my future? Not with any one night stands, but I have Mm. had the experience of like, you're not my forever person, but damn, the sex is good. Or Mm. we tried a lot of stuff and that was cool. And now I have bed restraints that mm-hmm. just stay there because we did that and it's awesome and that's going to be a part of my existence my existence <laughs> in this world so i totally relate with that and um i've had a few gifts in my in my past yeah mm-hmm. i would definitely say Same. that yeah and it's just it's it's nice especially when you can part like amic- amicably thank you um because then you can just For me, it's hard to look back and like really appreciate gifts if there was like some tension as we were leaving. So if we can just part as like, that was great. I don't think we're partners forever, but the sex was so good. And then that lets me kind of like relish in those moments and really validate the experiences that I had. So more gifts to more gifts in 2023. (laughs) I agree. I love that. And yes, I wish there were more amicable breakups again study stuttering my words Uh amicable breakups i wish there were more amicable breakups in all Mm. of our futures too well i don't wish breakups on anybody (laughs) but if they have to exist Uh um they should be amicable let them be peaceful is there a certain point in a hookup or like when you're hooking up with someone that you should maybe consider ending it Mm. if you're not wanting to get into a relationship with them? Can you just hook up with someone forever if that's what you are both consenting to do? Or at a certain point, does it turn into some version of a relationship? I mean, I think that hooking up is a relationship. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like it's two people relating to each other in a hyper-specific context. But I... There, there are kind of like two sides to this hookup coin where I think the rise of hookup culture gave us permission to experiment more freely in a non-committal way with sex. The downside of it, because we live in such a sex-negative culture, is that we also like minimized those people, mm-hmm. you know, in those experiences, like, well, they were just a hookup or you know, yeah, I don't really care about them because it was just a one night thing. And it's like, but like, why? If you both had a good time and it was consensual and yeah, I mean, you had a very brief relationship with that person, um, sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think where we could all stand to kind of shift our mindset is that 
you know, the people that we want to have sex with deserve respect. And, um, yeah, like it can be a one night thing. It can certainly be something that lasts a long time. I, um, recently got interviewed on a podcast that was all about, you know, dating and relationships. And, um, the person was a dating coach. And so we talked about like, she was saying her perspective was I try to coach people away from having these like fuck buddies. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, they're a gift. Like it can keep you going. Like if you, if you're like dating and you don't have that support, sometimes it makes the process even harder, you know, mm -hmm. with, you know, the understanding that sometimes relationships do need to run their course and they're not working for both parties or one person is wanting to make it into more of a relationship and the other person doesn't. And that's when, again, we have to use our words and have a conversation about that. But I think, yeah, if, if it serves the people involved, hookups could happen indefinitely. And there are definitely people that I've worked with who have like people in their lives who they just circle back to, mm -hmm. you know, there's like a person who is kind of consistently there for them in a sexual way. And it's helpful. It's really supportive, you know, mm -hmm. being alone sucks and then being alone and not having suck sex can suck even more, you know? So yeah, it's, uh, it's a relationship. I, I'm going on record saying that mm -hmm. they're a relationship. Well, I, I, I think we're so scared or people who are not interested in a commitment are so scared of the word relationship because it's deemed as this like commitment to one and only person, and, you know, that's something you have to put a lot of effort into. But if you're wanting to have a successful hookup, you do have to put effort into communicating what you want and communicating that I won't see you. I'm not going to see you for a month or so because I have other things to do. And I'm a casual person. It's like you do have to put effort into this relationship. It's just different than being in a stereotypical relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'm someone 100%. that I feel like looks at people that way. And so, yes, people I hook up with, I'd hope... I got that back as well, even if it was one or two nights that we spent together. So yeah, relationships. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Any That's why situationship has kind of come up too mm, as a true. term that people like to use. It's like I'm in between things, you're in between things. We're not quite, you know, relationship material for each other, right. but it's working for right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other final tips or words of advice that you have for people who are wanting to get on the hookup scene? <laughs> <laughs> Try it. I like it. No, um, I will say that it isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I have had clients that, you know, have dipped a toe and it's just not been for them. And I think that's fine too. I think sometimes we think of dating and hooking up as synonymous and they're not, mm -hmm. you can date people and not hook up. You know, I think that's that you can make that very clear in your profile. A lot of profiles say no hookups. Um, and so there's actually an exercise in the book with pros and cons to hooking up or being in a long-term relationship because for each person, those pros and cons are going to be different and we all can do the work to figure out, you know, what's right for us mm -hmm. moment to moment and then try to communicate as best we can what we're looking for in our profile so that we can attract what we want and hopefully align with people who are looking for a similar thing because that's when the most fun happens. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my advice. It's like, don't feel pressure because your friends are doing it. If it's not something you really and truly want to do. Um, but also, you know, if you're curious, but you feel maybe a little guilt or some shame popping up around this idea, do a pros and cons list for yourself and see if there's a way that you can give yourself a little bit of permission to experiment if you feel like there's enough pros in your pros column. Mm-hmm. Fucking love a pro and cons list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Where can our listeners connect with you after this episode? Yes, I would love for people to find me on social. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Myesha Battle. Um, and then everything else is on my website, myeshabattle.com, and that's going to link you to my book, my blog. I have an e-zine, which I'm really proud of, which is like a monthly sex magazine that I've been kind of pitching as like, it's like Delia's, but instead of describing crop tops, it's like, you know, what's an orgasm? You <laughs> I know? love it. what I mean you get it now we've all hooked up because we've hung out spiritually here and hooked up like spiritual hookups Mm -hmm. I wonder if like some people think about that (laughs) I don't think I would I don't know you'd have to suck on something for me to consider a hookup but (laughs) if you're not sucking on one part of my body we have not hooked up we have not touched talked or whatever Anyways. anyways thank you Maisha for being on the podcast today You are delightful and a rainbow angel just like your cover. And thank you to our listeners for hanging out. And if you want to thank us, you can share this episode with someone that you think could benefit from it, someone that you want to hook up with, someone you think needs to settle down, someone (laughs) (laughs) or anywhere in between. between. Um, Good one. You can also go on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also rate us on Spotify Mm -hmm. if you're going to leave us a written review. Um, A hook. Yeah, leave a hook because this mm-hmm. is a hookup. I saw one of you left a review and left the peanuts. So thank you. Thank you. You, you said LOL. I, after. I love that you guys are listening to these. So mm-hmm. thank you kindly. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.